Coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, it is a Tuesday snack, which will feature our top five love songs each on the eve of Valentine's Day. People of the world, join hands, start a love train, love train. California love, <laughs> technically a love song. <laughs> you can make it whatever you want. I mean, it, it has love want. in the title. You can make it right? whatever you want, yeah. <laughs> what about... Uh, when Red Hot Chili Peppers redid Roller Coaster of Love. Roller Coaster. There you go. Of Love. Say what? Go. For Beavis and Butthead. Do America. By the way, I'm telling you, if you guys great haven't. Great movie, great soundtrack. If you guys have not seen the the latest Beavis and Butthead movie that's on Paramount Plus, I laughed hysterically for the first 35 minutes of that. It was I actually the, have not seen that yet. It's one of the funniest first 35 minutes to a movie that i can remember in a while and it was so over the top <laughs> beavis and butthead like old school feel to it it was spectacular of course i'm a 12 year old at heart so yeah. there's that the good old days when mtv was great <laughs> was it like first season beavis and butthead good yeah yeah because, like, the first season was really good, and then the whole parents' organizations and... Got after my yeah. judge yeah. a bit, yeah. MTV ripped him off, by the way, for, for that show. He got pegged like pennies. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. He, there's, a, I, there's a couple of podcasts out there that he's on. I've always wanted to get him on to talk about different things, mainly because I just want to sit here and talk about nothing but idiocracy. <laughs> like during the summer, I just want to have Mike Judge on to talk idiocracy. Yeah, of course. About be great. About how uh, the wardrobe designer went to him. They were trying to think of just ridiculous things to wear. And at that point in time, Crocs were a brand new thing. And Mike Judge actually pick them from the wardrobe person that brought them to him because he was like, these are so dumb, they'll never be a hit. <laughs> and then they ended up being a massive hit. <laughs> I was uh, I was not allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead at home. Man, when we got DirecTV in 94, that was a game changer for a variety of different reasons, especially... Cinemax, wink, wink, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Showtime as well. Red Shoe Diaries were on. But, uh, yeah, Beavis and Butthead played a very pivotal role in my uh, childhood once we got DirecTV. I had to go to my friend's house to watch Beavis and Butthead. I know. I got tired of hearing Ryan McCauley talk about her all the time. <laughs> I begged my parents, can we please get DirecTV? <laughs> I had a friend that also would uh, record via VHS things like Beavis and Butthead and, you know, whatever else I, I wasn't allowed to watch. Oh, yeah, man. I remember getting the uh, HBO Saturday Night Movies on VHS when we didn't have it. My aunt lived in the big city of Tulsa, so we had to go pick up those VHS tapes. I think I had to sacrifice one of my... Monday Nitro or Monday Raw VHS tapes to use for that. Funniest tweet that I've seen in the last couple of weeks is someone just taking a whole bunch of photos of VHS tapes and going, this was what 
WWE Network was to me back in the day. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we, my friends and I recorded them every week, and we would all go back and watch them. Even watching them live, we would all go back and watch them on the tape together. Dorks. Bunch of dorks. Speaking of watching things, how about 123.4 million people watching the Super Bowl, which makes it the most watched event in American television history. I mean, it beat the moon landing. It beat the MASH series finale. The most watched television event ever. And remember, the 129 is just an average, right, Scott? I mean, at one point in time, I think they said... Yeah. At some point, it was two hundred million that that tuned in to watch something. Incredible! And uh, we got the peak again. It turns out, I think that Usher has the most watched Super Bowl halftime show ever. They watch on the uh, on the meters when the halftime show starts. But he was terrible. So. But but he was terrible. I'm he was all, terrible. Get him out of there. I'm always intrigued by what so we have what like 350 million people that live in this country is it that much it's over 300 million i know um so i'm always intrigued 331.9 million 331 so at one point in time 200 million americans were watching the game 130 million weren't like, what else are they watching? So I'm always intrigued by that. So I just looked at the local television numbers here in Tulsa, okay, about what else was on during the Super Bowl at that time. And so, for instance, the in Tulsa, the Super Bowl, at, the Super Bowl was a 47 rating, okay, <laughs> which is a pretty, pretty solid number. I think it's like 49 in Oklahoma City. I was looking at everything else that's on at that time. The other highest-rated show that was on during the Super Bowl was America's Funniest Home Videos on ABC here in town. And it pulled a 1.2. No way. No, I'm sorry. At its highest number, it was a 1.5 is what, is what it pulled here while the Super Bowl was on. And that was you, – you look at the time frame because it breaks it up in 15-minute slots. Like yes. that was right about halftime. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Dayton. America's funniest home videos. America's funniest home videos. You know, because they don't try to counter program anymore anything right. at all. And I right. I'm always I'm kind of I'm surprised that someone hasn't tried to counter program the halftime shows again. I know, you think they would. Because there are people that just hate that that type of music and I don't know if you put together like an Americana on one network, see how many people that you could pull. But yeah, America's <laughs> funniest home videos at a one and a half, and then they had a replay of Celebrity Jeopardy. It didn't hit a full rating share. Uh, Dateline on NBC here in town was like a a one, uh, and the Fox lineup. I mean, it is zero point zeros across the board for everything that they ran. I mean, Penn and Teller. And their magic show got a better number 
at like a point two, but that's the counter programming that was taking place like here in town. So there was a yeah a handful of people that thought, you know what, my jam tonight is America's Funniest Home Videos compared to the Super Bowl. I was about to say, isn't it crazy that there aren't a bunch of news dumps during the Super Bowl? But maybe there oh, are, and we're gosh. just completely unaware of it, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, that might be a good call to go back and see. Are there famous news dumps that have happened during the Super Bowl as of late? Maybe there are, because I, I, like it would be brilliant, right? Yeah, if you got busted for coke or fentanyl, like that is the time to release it. No one would pay attention at all. Yeah, just slide it in there and move on. Keep eating your chips and guac and drinking a Bud Light and watching the football game. Now, let's not go that far. <laughs> Posty says it's okay now. Sponsor of the UFC, by the way. That's right. So, yeah. And they were included in that They're uh, back. Bud Light Genie commercial. <laughs> the UFC and Dana and those guys. Yeah. They're they, back. They are back. I mean, if Dana says they're back, then they're back. Yeah. Probably the most... Uh, is Dana White or Dave Portnoy... Or, you know what, maybe... I guess Joe Rogan kind of falls under the UFC umbrella, but... The most... Uh, the most immune to cancel culture people on the planet. Uh... Dana. Yeah, I think Dana, probably. Dana said some some things that are you're like, yo. <laughs> Joe always has the, hey, I'm just a comic doing a dumb podcast to kind of fall back on. But Dana is the head of an organization. But yeah. It also yeah, Dana takes Dana and Dave both kind of seem right. Strong proof in that way. Strong belief from an organizational standpoint that you know what you can uh, neither entity has really come down on any of them to, that, that have said anything. And when anybody does try to jump, like jump on anything they've they've said, both of those parties do what? Double down. Double down. On their Especially original Portnoy. comment or statement. Yeah. I'm not going to cave just because you want to cancel me. No. But yeah, that would be the most opportune time to ever make a news dump is the Super Bowl, especially I'm with you. In a year that it's in Las Vegas and Taylor Swift is a part of it and it is the most watched event in US history. So have you guys seen the controversy surrounding the Super Bowl? There's a controversy? Yeah, and it involves the Gatorade color. This was in the New York Post today. Oh, okay. As you know, everyone places the dumb bet on Gatorade color. Well, prior to Super Bowl 2024, significant sharp action came in on the correct color, which was purple, moving the line from plus 275 to minus 130 by kickoff on DraftKings. On Thursday, three days before the game, purple had received just 1% of the overall money on the market on BetMGM. This color was the only one whose total handle percentage was more than its percentage of total bets on DraftKings, which is a key data point when navigating through the bigger, potentially more informed money coming in. 
But that changed rather quickly as the game approached. BetMGM then reported that 17% of the handle on purple, despite only 7% of the overall bets. DraftKings reported a similar action with 18% of the money coming on purple and only 6% of the bets. All right, so things don't add up here. Fanatics had an insane 60% of the overall money on the color purple alone, by far the most lopsided action anyone saw across the legal betting market. So whether this was insider trading given by a select few on the sidelines is unknown, but there are some that might think that this could ultimately be the end of the Gatorade bet in general. Sounds like the Gatorade delivery man probably made a few calls and said, Yeah, absolutely. Give me 10% of the winnings and I'll give you the. That one's a real easy one. Luckily, he fix. wasn't smart enough to go to the window himself, right? <laughs> yes. And right. say that he, he knows that he's got a winner. Yeah, so now the question will come down to uh, whether or not that states are going to continue to take this bet or not. There are only six states, by the way, and Washington, D.C., that let operators take bets on it. There are 32 states that have already outlawed the Gatorade bet. I didn't know that. Did you guys? I had no idea. That that's only available in six states. Which it makes sense because of all the prop bets, that's one that could easily be influenced. Yes. I think the prop bets, like how many times will the broadcaster say something, could be easily, easily, worked. yeah. Like that—that's that's another one of those that. I mean, if like those guys don't need money, right? But no, they don't. If they wanted to help somebody they knew out, like Romo could say to a buddy of his that maybe is down on his luck, "Hey, go throw a bet on me doing the under on gyms, right? And I'll, I'll make sure not to say gym during the game." Jackpot. And you've got multiple fail-safes, too. Like, you've got producers in ears. You've got how many people have contact with Romo day of and during during the actual broadcast. I mean, there's a, what, four or five easily, along yeah. with Jim. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these are fun, but it, it does amaze me every year that people actually make and lose money. Uh, the other one that is, because I, I, I should say there's two elements of controversy around this, because the other is actually on the anthem and Reba. She basically added another line to the anthem with Brave. Home of the Brave, and then she doubled down on Brave. That caused the anthem to actually hit the over. And there are a couple of sports books that just said, all right, um, we're going to go ahead and pay both sides because she actually added a what? line. Yes. Yeah, well, you know there's a separate prop for will she add any words to the anthem. There is, yes. Now, this is not every every book, but there was a book that said we'll go ahead and pay, excuse me, pay out both sides. Which doesn't happen very often wow. because if anyone's ever read the fine print on what your rights are as a gambler, ain't many. That's ain't right. many no. at all. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like on an airplane. <laughs> like, you, uh-uh. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. If I'm the decision maker, I, there's no way I'm paying the underbetters. No. 
I'm sorry. Like, sorry. that That's yeah. part of the uh, risk here. I, I think <laughs> right. some of those are just just trying to make it good. You know, that's a, com- that's a very competitive field now. It is. And someone that spends money there might turn their back on you quickly. I mean, it's become a, a, a gigantic story the week of the Super Bowl, right? All the, the wacky prop bets. Well, Las Vegas set a new record. And they should have with the Super Bowl actually being there. But in Las Vegas proper, there was, I believe, close to $170 million bet just in Vegas alone on the game. Within the city limits of the wow. casinos. But hey, let's not, let's not legalize sports betting in every state. No, not at all. Let's... Let's make sure we're not capitalizing on that at all. Okay, I get it. I mean, I, 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 I have some questions about what the future of it looks like and how easily accessible it is to, to people. And it makes me wonder if we get to a point where down the road, you know, centers that deal with, with addictions to gambling are far more prevalent than even what they are now. Um, man, it's... I could totally see myself falling into that trap. Like I just have well, it's like so an easy with personality. Your phone. I know, I know, it's easy. My problem is I don't have the funds. I don't have the funds, but I, I'm not going to lie. It's fun, isn't you it? Fun what? when you do it. I, I, I sometimes I'm tempted to go slam like sixty beers in a day because that would be a blast. <laughs> but you know what? I don't do. I don't do it because I know there are consequences. Like <laughs> just like anything else, man. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But where would you have been, one, if you had had a phone like we have today when you're 16, and then also having the ability to actually legitimately gamble on things outside of a $10 pot? Well, that's why there's a legal betting age, right? 16, I probably would have been in prison. (laughs) Uh, That would have been in the cell across from you for sure. Yeah. And my dad would have been like, I don't know what the big deal is. <laughs> Just having a good time. That's all. Ah, so the boy made some bets. Who cares? <laughs> that's right. Right. Oh, good stuff. Boy, you never bet. <laughs> <laughs> never bit off more than you can chew. I'm more mad at him that he that he picked up that stupid parlay. That's right. Dumbass. <laughs> In fact, tack on another decade for that. Yeah. You hit the, you you parlayed that with the over on the Packers. The hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Throw away the key. <laughs> uh, okay, we've got to take a timeout. My boys over there betting on MLS. Well, damn right, throw him in jail. Damn right. <laughs> And take my last name off his. Yeah, he bet the paper. Dallas burn. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would probably be like, you can bet on soccer. This country is falling apart. <laughs> you can bet on the USL, the league, the Roughnecks, and and FC Tulsa's in. My goodness! And don't forget little league baseball and little league baseball.
Oh, man. All right, let's take a timeout. We have a Tuesday snack coming up where we will all give our top five love songs. We have John Holcomb coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. You are listening to the Blitz 1170, and we are streaming on Blitz 1170 app.